Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. My name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents. And today I'm excited because we have Matt the Mortgage Guy. Well, I guess he's affectionately known as Matt the Mortgage Guy. He's, his real name is Matt Gouget, and he's a founding partner at U-Mortgage, and he's done some cool things in the market. So I'm excited to have him on. We've been connected, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever online, and it's going to be fun to have a cool conversation today, man. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Luke. I feel like, you know, me and you had to finally just press record. We were talking so much offline. We could, we yeah. could talk for hours. So I'm sure we'll dig into some cool stuff. Interesting market, interesting year for, you know, real estate agents, for loan officers. I'm excited to talk about, you know, things we're doing at U Mortgage, things I'm doing in my personal business, ways we're winning, what is shaping up to be a really interesting year. Sure, sure. Awesome, man. Well, give us a little background for anybody who doesn't know who you are, which maybe some people that are listening to this. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of like what got you into the industry, man. Sure. Yeah. So I've been in mortgage for just about 10 years. February of 2014 was when I was officially licensed. So, you know, coming up on my 10-year anniversary in the mortgage business, intentionally from the start, branded myself as Matt, the mortgage guy. I didn't want okay. anyone to, you know, have any question on what I do, right? Like, so every introduction from kids elementary school to the little league, you know, in my community, Matt, the mortgage guy. Had a four and a half year run in the retail space, became a okay. broker in 2018, came aboard U Mortgage in 2021 as a founding partner. And, you know, we're in the midst of building the largest brokerage in the country. But as far as me personally, and, you know, what got me into the mortgage industry, a lot of folks don't know, and I probably don't talk about this much online, but immediately out of college with a finance degree, you know, I was managing a poker room which is not oh, nice. what you would expect. But 2005, poker was booming. And the funny part about it is like real estate agents and loan officers were a lot of my clientele. Oh, wow. You know, their businesses were booming. So they wanted to come in and relax and de-stress and have some fun. So managed that poker room for about nine years, had a ton of fun doing that. Had a conversation with a buddy of mine. We were talking. I knew I wasn't going to do that for the rest of my life. And, you know, he was actually former mortgage broker, who had gone out and started another business was getting back into mortgage like 2013. And it's like, Matt, like you've got a network, you've got some business savvy, you know, numbers, like mortgage is probably a great fit. And I said, all right, let's give it a try. And the funny part about the story is I went from, you know, stable income to what most people in the mortgage industry know is like 100% commission, no health benefits, you know, sink or swim. Right after having my second kid in 2013. So it was, you know, one of the things I literally dove in head first and was all in, in mortgage for the last 10 years. And that's something we'll probably talk about today. Like more than ever in 2023, you're either all in or you're doing something different, right? right. And in 2014, with two kids, a wife who was managing a household, you know, counted on me to provide and pay the bills and pay the mortgage had to be all in a mortgage and, you know, haven't really looked back. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. The things that translated from running a poker room to mortgage. I've talked about this with some people recently. I love the diversity of the people I get to work with. Mm -hmm. Like you come apply for a loan. I'm doing loans for people that are buying their first house that cost 
220,000. I'm helping people buy $2.4 million Newport Beach, you know, pull their boat up type houses and everything in between all races, all nationalities, all, you know, income levels. And to me, that's what makes it fun and interesting and keeps it, you know, fresh for me. So that's a little bit about where it started, what I'm up to, and we'll dig into some specific stuff as well. Awesome, man. Well, you know, one of the things that I always like to talk about is a little bit of that journey, man. So was it an easy sort of transition or was there a little bit of rocky roads right there towards the beginning? You know, it was never easy, but I didn't expect it to be. You know, something that's handicapping a lot of people right now is if you've been in the industry for three years, all you've known is easy. Right. I remember specifically like 2013, when I was just getting licensed and starting to pay attention to mortgage, that was the taper tantrum. Rates went up 1% and people thought that the world was ending, right? Sure. Like no refinances are going to happen. Like that was a big deal that summer as I'm getting licensed and I'm just sitting in a mortgage office trying to soak up information, but I didn't know any better, right? And so that's probably the good news if you're a loan officer who like hasn't had 2020 and 2021 to compare to. If you're you know brand new and starting, you're like, man, this industry is kind of hard. Good, right? You're going to sharpen your tools and you're going to go out there and you're going to build a business in what is no doubt a hard environment, right? Right. There's deals aren't falling out of the sky. People aren't lining up for 7% mortgages and $4,000 a month mortgage payments. It's just the truth, right? Right. There's still transactions happening though. And I want to get into that later if we talk about mindset, like focus on the 35% of the demand that's out of the market, focus on the 65% that's here. And so, you know, when I first started, I've been reflecting on this a lot lately, Luke, because I'm talking to newer loan officers. We've got a great coaching program that launched and I'm trying to like put myself back in the 2014 mindset. Right. I went to 50 networking meetings that year. I talked to hundreds of real estate agents. I knew nothing, had no production. I was blasting on social media, Matt, the mortgage guy, you know, I was learning at a rapid pace and I was all in. And if I didn't have the answer, I'd go get it. So it wasn't like inauthentic, like I'm boasting about knowing it all and not knowing it. But, you know, I was doing multiple things and I was showing up consistently. And I think that's where there's a disconnect today where people are like, hey, you used to be able to just like log four hours a day, make a couple phone calls. And I was closing five loans a month in 2021. Right. One, it's not 2021. And two, you probably shouldn't want it if it's that easy. I can't remember what podcast I heard it on lately, but I loved it. Like somebody was pointing out like, this is what hard feels like. And like, I love this market so much, Luke, because like, I know what this feels like and I know I'm going to keep going. Me and you talked on my podcast, you talked about willing to bleed. Like I want to be involved in a workout where people are quitting, knowing that like, I won't quit. Like I'll die before I get off the treadmill. Right. right? Because I have that mentality. Others will quit and there'll just be more market share for those of us that are willing to believe and to quit. And so, you know, I think from the start, I've had that mentality. So it served me really well because 2014, 15, 16, 17, I didn't have record setting production numbers, but just based on consistently showing up every day, I doubled production. The funny part is, is I look back and first year in the business, 27 deals. I felt like I had, was the king of the world. That's and the next solid. year I did 50. And then the year after that, I did 85. And it was like all the same things I did, all the hunger I had, you know, like having 27 people put in your hands, the biggest financial decision 
of their life is a big deal. And I didn't take sure. it lightly, right? Like sure, sure, sure. not selling, you know, ice cream cones or, right. you know, protein bars. The product that we're delivering is mortgage loan originators. Like people got to like you, they got to trust you. And so, uh, yeah, I've had that dog in me since 2014. And I think that's why, you know, in the right mindset in 2023 that like, yeah, it's hard sometimes. And I'm okay with that. I actually kind of like it because it, you know, thins the herd a little bit, but you know, just talking about it, dude, gets me excited because I mean, for sure, hundred percent, you know, there's people out there that have a one-year-old, they want to move closer to their mother-in-law. Like there's people buying that need our help. I'm of the mindset now that like somebody who's been intentionally all in for a decade, learning everything I can about how to help the consumer structure the loan, advise them. Like it's a disservice to them if I'm not getting in touch with them, following up with them to do business with us, because I believe we do it at a high level. And anybody in the business should believe in that and be striving towards that. They're like, you don't want luck. You don't want gimmick. You don't want, you know, some external force to be the reason why like deals fall in your lap. You want to know, like, I worked hard for this. And so it's more rewarding and it allows you to have a little bit of peace. And like other people aren't going to come this pie. This pie was like hard to earn. Right, right, right. It's funny you said that because like this is one of my arguments that I have with people all the time when they're like, I'm an advisor, not a salesperson. Like, no, you're a salesperson. And sales is not a bad word. Like there's an ethical way to sell. And honestly, if you truly believe that your service and what you provide is the best in the industry, like why wouldn't you convince that person to work with you? Because guess what's going to happen? They're going to go to Rocket and Rocket is going to convince the crap out of them to work with them. They don't care. Like they know their price is more expensive. They're just going to sell the crap out of it. And it's cool. Like, so as a loan officer, like to say, I'm an advisor, like, no, that is you being a coward. Sorry to people that say that it's you being a coward and not showing up in your space as a leader. And sorry, I'm getting excited because you're not you being a salesperson is being a leader, right? Like the way I see it, because sales is not pushing someone into a product they shouldn't be in. Sales is identifying the problem they have. If the problem is something that you can solve, then it's your obligation. I mean, if you truly believe you're the best, it's your moral obligation to show them why they should do it and they should do it with you, right? Because at the end of the day, there's other people out there that are going to take advantage of them, that are going to throw extra origination points on there, that are going to have four 500 points built into their comp, things like that, right? Like those are the people that are really screwing these people. So like, do you believe in yourself or do you want to like sit back and let someone who's not an expert, the consumer, someone who's not an expert, make the decision? Because who's the expert? <laughs> you're exactly. the loan officer. Yeah, I mean, I'll get just as passionate as you get about that because that's what you're dealing with as a loan originator is you're able to provide high level advice, structure a great mortgage and help a consumer or big marketing machines that spend money to go out there and get in front of the consumer, have that consumer call a call center in Michigan where the kid worked at Chick-fil-A last month. And now he just is going through a script. Hey, it's Jake from Quicken Loans. And what's your current rate? How much debt do you have? Oh yeah, let's do a refinance at 6.99% because blended rate, blah, blah. Do they've got some scripts where they're refinancing people that should never refinance? Right. It's my obligation as a consumer advocate to get in front of those people. And like you said, like it's sales. It's sales true. isn't a bad thing. No. Sales is a good thing. Because sometimes, honestly, like I'm selling somebody, I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Or I'm selling somebody on waiting three months because yep. they've got some things to do with their credit. So, you know, it's not like I'm selling somebody ringing a bell and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having it's a not party boiler room. Right. <laughs> so. This isn't sales from 80s and 90s, right? It's not what everybody thinks sales is. To be honest, most people don't sell like that anymore. 
anyway, right? I just think one, I think the consumer has evolved from that sort of space. We talked about this earlier. You said, I'm not selling an energy bar or whatever. Like we're not selling a $40 widget. We're selling a $400,000 loan, right? Like, so like can't act the same way. So there is a lot of standards that you have to sort of set in a different way, but it just, I don't know, man, right there is one of my things that I'm most passionate about because people like they have this negative connotation around sales and scripting and things like that. It's like, no, like perfect your craft. Like the people that are at the top of their game, the people that are winning, it's not because they're any better at anything other than marketing and sales. They're just better at those two things. It's really yeah, what it means off the systems too, but yeah, here's an actionable item. Here's a takeaway for the audience. You know how you get better at something? You practice, right? Yep. You show up every day. Like that's the thing that drives me crazy is people are like, oh man, you get, you know, X number of people that reach out from online and oh, you've got, you know, these folks that send you this business. Well, guess who showed up every single day for a decade, a decade mm-hmm. without fail, right? And gotten better at my craft, made sure that I was, you know, adding value and connecting with agents in the area, other referral partners, creating content that helps the consumer, all of it, all the time for a decade straight. Like that's how you win. You know, there's no shortcuts. You'll be hard pressed to really, truly find anybody in any industry that woke up one day and had success. People like, oh my gosh, Mr. Beast, incredible. The dude made videos in his basement for freaking 10 years. Yep. Or anyone knew who freaking Jimmy from North Carolina was. Right, and then right. like when he's Mr. Beast, everyone's like, man, the dude exploded. I would Overnight. argue it wasn't exactly an explosion, right? It was 10 years of recording a lot of videos, right. you know, so... Yeah, man. So, I mean, we were going to talk about thriving in the down market, but the truth is like we're talking about now is really what it takes to thrive in a down market. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a math equation regardless, right? Like during 20 and 21, like you had to make like four calls to get, you know, four deals right? You may have to make 400 calls to get four deals now in this current market. I mean, maybe being a little bit, you know, crazy there, but at the same time, it is, it's not just like a little bit harder. It's probably four to 10 X harder right now than it it has been. Yeah. And the people that I see winning, you know, thriving in a down market are okay with it's three to four times more effort for half the income. Yep. Exactly. You know, the best part for me is not only should you be striving to thrive in a down market, but know that like all the work you put in today is going to help your 2024. Right. You continue to put your head down and grind and like, man, I used to be doing 13 million a month. Now I'm doing eight or seven or whatever, you know, I used to do four loans. Now I'm doing two, whatever your numbers are, know that like with the life cycle of the consumer, it's taking three, four, six, nine months anyway. So you can't wake up in March of 2024 or September of 24 and be like, oh, you know what? The market seems to be a little bit better. I'm going to jump in and do some more loans. Right. You're already beat by the people who were doing the work in Q3 and Q4 of 23, you know, building relationships, having conversations. Dude, I closed three loans last month from people that were pre-approved in 2021. Yep. And so, a lot. Like, the consistent work, you know, and it's not unique to mortgage, right? Like it's going to be any industry where... You've got to consistently work at it. Good times, bad times, all that stuff. I'm super grateful for how hard it is right now because I've been forced to be better. Like 20 and 21, we all won championships, right? We all were champions and some of us didn't deserve it, right? Right. And so in a tougher market, I'm like, man, like I've got to do some stuff that I might've even thought in 2021 I'd have to do anymore. You know, I'm a hundred million dollar a year guy. Like I don't make that phone call. I don't show up to that one on three with three realtor event. Like, you know, I've got people that do that. Like that's not the case in 2023. You know, I had somebody recently asked me like, are you vetting 
real estate agent partners? Are you making sure they do X number of buy sides before you talk to them? And I said, I'll look at that stuff later, but I'm talking to every agent I can. I'm talking to every referral partner I can, because to your point, it's a numbers game. Yep. If I talk to a hundred consumers and I give them great advice and nine of them buy, that's nine closings. I can't expect that like I'm going to get the same results talking to 20 people. Right. And yeah, 30 of those people might not ever buy. 25 of them might be a year or more out, but I'm going to talk to all of them, do what I can to get in front of as many as possible because you know the more action you take on a consistent basis, the more results you get. Like that's mind-blowing to some people, but that's the truth. Now imagine that, you know, you get out of things what you put in, but you brought up that concept. I don't know if you've read the book, Fanatical Prospecting, but he talks about the concept of the 30-day rule, right? So the actions you take over this next 30 days is going to have repercussions for the next 90 to 120 days, right? And I think it's especially true in every industry, but especially in the mortgage industry. And especially now, because like, I mean, the other concept is leading versus lagging indicators, right? And so leading indicators are like the actions that you control and lagging indicators are the results, right? And so, so many of us, focus on lagging indicators, right? Closed loans, sales, things like that. Those are things that you cannot control, right? You cannot control when someone decides they want to buy a home. You know, you can try to convince them, things like that. You can influence them, but you can't actually control that. The only thing you can control is like, how many people am I reaching out to? How many people am I talking to? Like, those are the only things you can control. And if you control those things and you maximize that side of things, you're going to see the results. Maybe not right away, but at some point, if you're consistently doing those over time. And so that is the thing that so many people forget. And I had a lot of marketers that would come to me like, how are you doing so well? I'm like, well, let me ask you, like, how much are you spending on ads to get in front of more people? 500 bucks a month. Cool. How many cold emails are you sending a day? Oh, I'm not sending any. How many people are you calling a day? Oh, I'm not calling anybody. So you expect to spend $500 and you're going to be rich? Like, come on, man. Like this simple math, like you have to put actions in to get something out. Just there's no other way to... I don't know. There's no way to get results if you don't put in the work. That's so important, Luke. And so I'm going to like rewind it and say it really slow. So anybody who's listening, this will be valuable for you and your business. I promise. 95% of agents and lenders aren't doing the proper amount of tracking. I might argue, Luke, that 90% plus aren't doing any tracking. Yes. But like you said, like, the closings and all that are the end result of actions. Like we launched Level Up Coaching. And the cool part was before we even launched it, I sat with some loan officers and I asked them to track. How many people did you break bread with this week? How many events did you attend? How many face-to-face -face meetings did you have? How many great phone calls? How many online posts? How many thank you cards? If you asked an average loan officer to just guess, almost always, they think they got more done in a week. They right. think they did more than they really did. And then even the good ones that I respect, I sit next to them and I go, man, like it felt like a busy day, huh? You had four phone calls. That's all you did was four phone calls. But it was like, oh, I responded to this email and I had to get with the underwriter, like all these things, right? Busy and work. so like one thing that I always say when I'm coaching or when I'm talking to loan officers is like, you have to play offense. Like yes. it's a very reactive business where it's like, it feels like you've got to respond to that phone call, that yep. loan fire, that this, these are the offensive key performance indicators, leading indicators, whatever you want to call them that are going to result in business. Like right. I have a funny saying, I don't know who told me this, but I loved it. Like I didn't invent math, but I have to use it. Right. Yep. Like, sorry guys. Like if these numbers suck, your production's going to suck. Right. I didn't make the rules, but like math applies to all of us. Yes. And yes, so yes, yes. 
you know, I just wanted to like really dig that into people's psyche and try it. Like, if you don't believe me, like, oh, no, 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 I'm doing the things. Got it. It's all up in my head. Or like I scratch on a yellow pad once every two weeks, some rough numbers. So I got it. Like do that exercise. And even if you're not in mortgage, if you're in another industry, like right. those are the type of things that create relationships that create business. And if you're not writing it down and tracking it, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because the cool part is you'll have a slow month or you'll have a week where you're like, man, like no applications, like nothing got submitted. And then you'll look back and go, oh, I did take that week off and took vacation. And then the very mm -hmm. next week, you know, had knee surgery and kind of, you know, did two half days. Oh, makes sense right. why the output suffered because the input was down. And it lags and there's always that lagging. Like you don't understand, like you think like, oh man, maybe something happened this week. No, what probably happened is 90 to 180 days ago, you stopped doing something that you were doing or whatever, right? Like there's something that you stopped doing. And we see it a lot in the curse of the one to two loans a month person, right? Where they're like, they're so intent on making sure those deals close that they spend all of their time micromanaging their files. They're like, well, you know, I just don't have time. And I'm like, how do you not have time? And I tell people all the time, if you're a loan officer and you can spend two hours a day. Realistically, if you don't have business, you spend eight hours a day. But if you can spend two hours a day prospecting, you will beat 99% of loan officers. I guarantee it. Maybe not 99, but you'll beat 95% of loan officers, right? I because agree. like two hours, it sounds like not that much time. I guarantee most people are spending like maybe 30 minutes, if that, doing actual prospecting. Nine minutes is my guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nine minutes a day of yeah. like, oh yeah, I sent a text to my cousin and... Yeah. Yep. You know, I called my buddy who's in real estate, but hasn't closed a deal in three years. Yep. So yep. crushed danced, it today. I danced for a TikTok, but you know, I'm going to go viral. I'm going to go viral. I promise. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's totally cool. That should be part of your marketing plan. But at some point, as you already know, you got to pick up the phone and call the leads, you know, regardless of where they come from. If it's a cold lead, if it's an internet lead, if it's a referral lead, if it's a SOI lead, like you got to freaking call people, you got to have conversations. So Real quick, I wanted to sort of transition over to some of your direct to consumer stuff that you're doing. So let's talk a little bit about that, man. I know you have some cool strategies that you're doing there. What are some of your sort of like key pieces to that? Yeah, I'd love to talk about some of that direct to consumer because it all ties into how I started in the mortgage industry and how I like had this insatiable thirst to get better and grow sure. and learn. Like the best way, in my opinion, to get more business is to be better, right? right? And for me, it happened to be that I stumbled onto video and realized that, you know what? Like when another loan officer with more experience than me told me about a scenario and was like, hey, you didn't know about the self, you know, sufficiency rule with FHA multi-unit. No, tell me about it. If they told me that, I absorbed it to a certain level. Right. If I went and read the guidelines, I understood a little bit better. If I spent 30 minutes really studying it, so I was good enough to make a video about it. It's stuck. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make videos, not because I want to go viral, not because I have like, you know, any aspirations about, you know, huge social media followings, just so that I get better, just so that I learn and grow. And so like 2014, 15 and 16, I made YouTube videos that nobody watched, Luke. Like you got 10 views. <laughs> The 10 views were like the link I sent when somebody asked me the question. <laughs> right. They were like, how do escrows work? Hey, I made a video. Yes. <laughs> the magic of it is, is that I realized, you know, I'm a slow learner. I'm a public school kid, right? Uh -huh. So it took six years of doing videos where someone's like, oh, by the way, Matt, like 
video is how people like to be communicated with on the internet. Like 94% of content consumed on the internet is video. Right. You might want to polish it a little bit. You might want to actually put a thumbnail on YouTube videos. You might want to have a title that somebody would search. Like I had titles that were so bad that like, it was like I was trying to get no one to find it on the internet. Right. What could like be the most escrow something escrow hold back? Like who the hell is going to look that up? Yeah. Right. Like, Matt, the mortgage guy, mortgage Mondays, episode nine, like not even anything about the topic. Like right. it was as bad as it gets. And yeah, so be a marketer. Right. And so I'll trash myself on things I did wrong. The thing I did right was I proactively networked. Mm-hmm. I proactively told anybody who would listen. I'm a mortgage loan officer. I'm passionate about it. I love helping people sharing my wins, showing up at signings, sharing those, you know, pictures and whatnot. So like Matt, the mortgage guy, if you ask people from the little league, from the elementary school, from my neighborhood, they'd be like, Gouget, Matt Gouget, who's that? Oh, Matt, the mortgage guy, like wouldn't even know my last name. Right. That's funny. But like that all evolved to be like, you know what? Like I can actually help people. People want this information. And so got some better thumbnails on there, got some better titles. And then it was really like 20 and 21 where, oh my gosh, like I got 80,000 views this month on YouTube. Then I had the next problem, which was like, how do I capture and like get back to these people? Cause it was like some phone number stuff, some email stuff, created greatmortgagebroker.com, simple landing page, just, you know, direct them there. I was generating like 275, 300 long form leads. And like the people that know mortgage, like you could pay Zillow a hundred bucks to get a long form lead. How sweet is it? Somebody who calls you and is like, hey, I filled out this form. So I want to work with you and your team. I've watched nine hours of your videos. I like you. I trust you. I'm ready to get started. Like that was magical. And so whether you do it on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or wherever you do it, like if you get in front of a room of 50 people and you're just your authentic self, there's going to be a percentage of them that go, you know what? Luke's a cool guy. I want to work with him. Matt yeah. seems like he knows what he's talking about. I want to work with him. But instead of doing it in a room of 10 real estate agents or 20 consumers in a you know first time home buyer workshop, why don't you do it to as many as possible on these social platforms we're lucky enough to have available to us for free? And like I can track about a third of my business right now to social, which is pretty cool, right? Like, cause I've got some great referral partners. I've got great relationships in the neighborhood and from my network who send me business, but there's 30% of my business that comes from like, Hey, we've heard you talk online. And like, dude, I had somebody tell me recently that him and two other people in his office every day at lunch would watch a different math, the mortgage guy video. They were all aspiring homeowners. And so they would like pick different ones every day. And be like, look what Matt said about the two one buy down. Look what Matt said about, you know, how to structure a mortgage with temper, like whatever it was, right? That's like awesome. they got true value out of it. Like I came from an authentic place of like, I'm going to put this out there, choose to work with us. Great. Like, you know, nobody's got to sign a disclaimer. Or like you've got to pay me to watch my content or work with us to watch it. Like it's all free. It's right. all value. And then a certain percentage of those are going to raise their hand and say, we want to do business with you. Right. And it's funny that you said that, like, you know, you're right. I mean, getting a long form lead, like what's funny is that people want what you got, but they want it instantly. Right. They want to like throw a bunch of ads and think that like, not the quality necessarily, but the intent and like the buy-in and the trust is going to be the same level as what you've done. Instead, you've built this for 10 years. So let's talk a little tactical here. Let's talk like 
if you were to start over today, like where would you go? I mean, I want to talk specifically around direct consumers. So are you still thinking YouTube or like where would you sort of direct the majority of your efforts or would be sort of your strategy in this market right now to go out there and do it? You know what? Like it's probably a bias because of like what I've received from YouTube, but I actually saw something recently that kind of confirmed this bias I have that like long form YouTube is going to attract a different consumer than right. a TikTok video or an Instagram post. And I know folks who do amazing stuff on Instagram and amazing stuff on TikTok both, but that's earlier in the life cycle. So sure. there's like, cool, interesting information about mortgage. I think I want to buy in a year and a half. Then there's the consumer that's like, I watched three 10 minute videos because I'm submitting offers. Like they're just that much closer to being, you know, a true buyer when they're watching long form content. I'm not going to pretend like it's easy. I've made 900 long form videos over a 10 year period. And like, I don't think there's necessarily any shortcut to that. The good news is, is the byproduct of it is you're going to get better by doing that. But yep. like, if I were to do it all over again, I would probably have a three prong strategy where I did like Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, because like I've made 900 long form videos on YouTube over 10 years. If I see a real estate agent in Sacramento, they've only seen me on TikTok. They're like, oh, you have a YouTube channel? And I'm like, I've poured tens of thousands of hours of my life into that thing, right? Right, right, um, right. But like, there's people that are doing it better than I am. And I'm sure there's better ways to do it. Like if you can attract and grow an audience on, you know, the short form stuff, which honestly, like a lot of consumers and a lot of like the younger consumers are more into that, but then it leads them into, hey, when yeah. you're getting serious, here's some really good information about what the market's doing. Like I probably got refinance deals because people like searched like how do escrows work? Like how do mortgage escrows work? That friggin' video gets like views every single month. Which is crazy because it's like the most boring topic in the entirety of the world. But you know, <laughs> at the same time, like when people are searching, they're searching, right? And so and, like, and, it is probably gonna bring high quality, like high intent. And this is that I want to lean into because I think it's great. The most boring topic ever, if you've got like your dryer making a funny noise at home, like watching a video on like why it's making that noise and a quick fix on how to fix it, boring ass topic, right? Right. It's absolute gold to you in the moment you're searching it. Right, right. The comments I've got on that escrow video, Luke, you'd be blown away. This was perfect. This is exactly what I needed. Who is that person going to think of when they want to refinance? Who is that right. person going to think of when they're going to buy their next home? That genius Matt, the mortgage guy who walked <laughs> me through how escrows worked. Well, and here's what I'll say as well, from the perspective of like being a loan officer is very much a commodity, right? Like, you know, same as a marketer, right? Like, you know, it's like, these are certain things that are just kind of commodities. It's not something that's like different. Everybody kind of offers. Yeah, sure. Your service might be a little different, but like in general, like from the consumer's perspective, they all think it's the same. What you've done is you've built a moat around your business. That is hard to replicate. You know, I don't know if you did that intentionally from the beginning, but it's just something that I'll say for anybody who's listening is like, just understand like YouTube is not easy, right? Like you're probably going to make a hundred videos before you get any sort of views. So if you're not willing to make a hundred videos, maybe just don't do it. But when you get to that point where you're good enough where people start actually watching, now you have a moat that most people are either unwilling to replicate or can't replicate because again, it's a longer time horizon. And so from that perspective, I think that's a huge, huge, huge value. And one thing I want to do I've held off on doing long form for the same reason. It's just, it's a lot of work, right? Like short form, super easy. You can get a 40 minute, you know, podcast, upload it to Opus, Opus.pro clips. And, you know, you have 20 clips, you know, spit out in 15 minutes. 
right? Like you don't even need an editor these days for your short form content, but long form, you got to plan it. Like, what am I going to talk about? You know, what's the hook going to be? What's the headline going to be? What's the, so there's so much more to do. And so of course, like people are going to not do that thing or they're not going to be consistent with that thing because you got to put up a 20, 30 minute video every week. Like that's all of a sudden it's just to get like a little bit more work. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, I think, it's, I think I've got some good advice too, for people, because like so many people reach out and like, Oh, that's cool. They want to know, like, what's the camera, what's the editing software? What about yeah. this? Like you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And yes. I don't think my stuff is that phenomenal. Right. I've been doing it for 10 years. I've been practicing a lot today. They're not you know, the best videos out there, right? But I've consistently shown up and done it. If you look back at the early stuff, Luke, it is absolute trash. Like the worst audio, the worst video, all of that, right? But like my intention was in the right place. I want to help the consumer. And if you record 40 second video on Instagram and you're your authentic self, people are going to either be attracted to it and want to reach out and work with you or they're not, right? Like there's no... I'm going to edit it perfectly so that like it gets the most engagement in the world. Go out there and be authentic. That one was really well received. Maybe they want to hear more about like what the payment looks like at 300 grand. So I'll make one at 350 and 400 and 452. Like, or you make another video that tanks. You're like, I guess people are interested in that. I thought it was cool, but it's not like you have to go out there and you have to test stuff. And like the best way to get people to raise their hand and say, I'd like to work with you is press record be your authentic self. And then have people go like, yeah, she's somebody I'd want to work with. That's somebody who I would, you know, want to get my questions answered from, you know, and like, it's the coolest thing in the world to basically have somebody reach out who you've already built rapport with. And you didn't even know it. Like video is a rapport building tool that like, enough people don't use. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but parasocial relationships, right? Like you get to build that sort of like one-sided relationship where they feel like they know you. And so the trust comes in. I mean, I've even found it from the podcast. Whenever like loan officers find us from the podcast, it's really just like, you know, super easy. Like they're like, they've already watched a bunch of content. They really trust us. And it's just like, all right, they're lay down type thing. So, you know, it's a lot, right? It's, there's a lot of things going on. So YouTube is fantastic. I feel like social media is something that people don't leverage enough, but I do agree. What I'd like about YouTube that I don't love as much about social media. And this is coming from someone who you know did a lot of social media and I do a lot of social media marketing is social media has gone really quickly. Whereas like YouTube is very evergreen, right? So you can create the content and use it for years and years and years. Whereas like you post a video on Facebook, like that's going to be gone in two days. And like, you're never going to reference that again, yeah. right? Like, no one's watching just- a TikTok I made last August. No, no, not at all. I mean, unless randomly, you know, the algorithm decides to pick it up and, you know, show a bunch of people, but yes, for the most part, that's not going to happen. So real quick, last thing before we get there, like, you know, obviously tough market mindset, man. I know mindset's a big thing. We've talked about that a lot. Just a quick couple seconds on kind of like, how do you keep a good mindset in a market like today? Like, how do you sort of develop that? Yeah. I mean, I think mindset is everything. And I'll talk to loan officer specific. You're going to come across consumers that are scared, unsure. And so their mindset might not be great. You're going to come across real estate agents who closed 20 plus deals per year in the past. And they've only closed three year to date. Their mindset is suffering. Like you've got to show up with a good mindset because like I mentioned earlier, and I was at a great presentation yesterday, my buddy, Ryan Lundquist, like everybody's focusing on like this much demand is missing from the market. Mortgage applications are down 35% less. What about the 65% that's there? Like you want to help those people? And so, you know, mindset to me is like vital. 
and I want to be around people with a positive mindset, so does the consumer, and so do your real estate partners or any other partners you have. So if you want them to want to pick up the phone when you call, if you want partners to be, you know, excited to work with you and reach out to work with you or consumers, like you've got to show up with a positive mindset, right? Like right. home ownership, buying a house, it might not be everybody's time, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the guy that I talked to yesterday who just bought a house. He's like, man, this is like a gem, this neighborhood. Why did yeah. more people not buy here? It's 30% less than this comparable neighborhood. And it's like, 10x better in this neighborhood that's only 10% cheaper. Like, I agree. Like, I own some property there too. Like, let's start strategizing for what you're going to do. You know, he talked about buying in the off season and buying in Q4. And so, you know, I can't imagine what it must be like to have a consumer that's like, I don't know, man. My uncle said maybe I shouldn't buy. Talk to an agent who's like unsure of themselves and they're like, right, right, and then talk right. to a lender. Like, you know, somebody's got to have a great mindset. And it doesn't mean that like, I don't see any headwinds in real estate, or I think that it's always sunshine and rainbows. I can speak honestly, authentically, and still have a great mindset. I'm still showing up ready to help you structure the best mortgage like that we can in today's market. You know, what can we get seller credit wise and, and all those other things, but you know, mindset plays a bigger part than most people probably know. And like, you know, from a standpoint of like, generating business and his loan officers like, Hey, I want to get more business. Like, how do you show up in the phone calls that you make? How do you show up in the face-to-face meetings? Like I personally know, like I get around certain people and I'm like, man, like they gave me some good energy. Me and Luke could talk for four straight hours, right? He's getting fired up. I'm getting fired up. That's good energy where I could do it 10 hours a day. I wouldn't be tired. Yeah, And there's other people pull that away. Be the person who adds energy to whatever environment you're in. And that's how I think of mindset, you know, Like I follow Jim Rohn and all these motivational guys, which is, you know, kind of a whole nother genre, but like it matters. Mindset. hundred percent. I honestly think it's the most important thing. I mean, there was a point in, I think it was 2019 where I just lost, you know, some really big accounts and, you know, I was like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And I of course did the most rational thing. And I hired a mindset coach at 1500 bucks a month. And when I didn't have any money and I was in a bunch of debt and I knew what I needed to do was in my mind, a lot of it is like, I just needed guidance in the right direction. So mindset's huge. And you're right. I mean, sales is a transference of energy. And if you don't have the right energy, like we tell us all the time, like if you show up on a call and you're like, hi, my name is Luke and I'm going to, do you think someone's going to buy? Like there's so much that is relayed via, you know, tonality and things like that that people don't understand. And so, yeah, I mean, like mindset is going to change everything. And like, if you show up and obviously like mindset is something I think you have to work on every single day. Personally, I believe it's a combination of physical and mental, right? It's not just mental. Like if you just like hope for like positivity, like that's going to be hard. Like personally, I go to the gym every single day at five o'clock in the morning or I get up at 4.45 and then I go to the gym at five, almost 5.30, 5.45. And then I do breath work five days a week without fail because like I know when I do that, my mind is going to be at least you know, at sort of like a middle level versus being super low, right? So man, I appreciate you so much, man, for being on the show. I know we've kind of gone a little long here. So just to sort of close things out, man, what's like one thing that you would tell you know, a loan officer in this market, whether they're struggling, new, you know, just want to get some more business. What's like one way that you would say to go out and get business today? One way to get business. Before I touch on that, I want to say something too about mindset because like you mentioned it and it's not like you have to go from like, the worst mindset in the world to the most optimistic, greatest mindset, like incremental change is important. 
incrementally getting better every day is great. So yep. quick plug for the get better every day podcast. Like yeah. that's my podcast, get better every day. Cause I believe in that. If you incrementally get a little bit better every day, like that stuff compounds 100%. the CEO of UWM on his Wednesday call said today, I'm the worst CEO I'm going to be for the next 30 years. Cause tomorrow I'm going to be better. And next Wednesday, I'm going to show up better than that. Next month, I'm going to be better. Next year, I'm better. That's mm -hmm. how you should approach your business, your life, your marriage, your, you know, role as a father, everything in your life, like you're the worst version of that today than you'll ever be because you're only going to get better every day. I think that is going to translate to doing more business like naturally. But if Love I was it. a loan officer, because I know you want some tactical here, everybody wants some like tactical. Everybody wants tactical. I agree. I think mindset is the biggest thing too. But you know, at the end of the day, people want to have some sort of tactic to go. Right. So and so there's like, this get better everyday mentality, it's just ingrained in you. But to get business, like I remember somebody coming in in 2014 when I was sitting in the office and I was like, I mastered friggin' rate stacks, man. I could tell you like, oh, it makes more sense. And it's like, you know, a 32 month break, even if you buy the rate down here, that stuff is all fine and dandy. But like deals aren't done with you in front of a computer. The right. Excel spreadsheet can't give you the next deal. So right. the break breads, the events, the face-to-face, -face, the great phone calls, and it's a numbers game. I went to 50 events in 2014. 49 of them were probably not that fruitful. The one event where I met my buddy Jazzy, who did about 25 to 30 personal deals with me and referred me another 75 over the last decade, that was worth it. I wouldn't have got to that one, which might have been event number 34 or 37 or 42, Right. If I didn't have the consistent work ethic to show up to every single event for a year, right? And so do the work, track it so you can hold yourself accountable, you know, if you're yeah. not involved in any coaching or anything like that. And like, no doubt, you'll get results from taking action. Mortgage, now more than ever, me and you talked about this online, isn't necessarily immediate fruit, especially right, right. now. Right. But if you're doing all the right activities, I promise you, the business will come. I know some great new loan officers that are absolutely crushing the upfront activities. Their Q3, Q4, Q1 of 24 is going to be fruitful. Sure. They just have to continually do it and believe in themselves, right? So 100%. you got to do the work. There's no replacement for doing the work. So 100%, um, before we end it, Matt, the mortgage guy on YouTube, I'd be remiss if I didn't you know, give a shout out. Matt, the mortgage guy, UM on Instagram, Matt, the mortgage guy on TikTok. Feel free to rip off anything I've ever done. If you want to redo the escrow video in your own words, it's a hitter, you know, green video that lives on and people will search it forever. Love it. Thanks for Love having it. me, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, real quick. Is that the best place to reach out to you? Is there anywhere else if they wanted to, you know, learn more about your team or anything like that? Yeah. If you want to learn about the team or you're looking to get pre-approval in 48 States, greatmortgagebroker.com. Email team at mtmg.com. If you're like, Hey, I'm in California. I'm looking for a new place to you know, do business. And it seems like you guys are winning and growing. True. We are, you know, feel free to send an email to team at mtmg.com. Love it, man. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And just real quick, a couple of takeaways that I got. We obviously talked about thriving in the down market. We talked about some direct to consumer strategies and, you know, we talk about direct to consumer all the time. I mean, we're a marketing agency, but you know, I'm a big fan of like, it doesn't have to be paid ads, right? You have to have a strategy to get directly to the consumer, whether that be using social media or some other way. So I think that's a huge thing. And then mindset, I think a lot of this came down to mindset, both from a, you know, even direct to consumer stuff, the perspective of like, Hey, like this is not going to be a, Hey, I make a video and I'm going to go viral the very first video. Like 
you could be like completely lucky and that happened, but most likely you're going to make a hundred videos before you start to see any traction. And so that's also a mindset thing, right? Are you willing to consistently do the actions even when you're not getting the results, right? So that's a, that's a big thing there. So thank you so much for being here. And if you are a loan officer just listening to this and you are looking for some strategies on how to flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. And thank you so much, Matt. Have a great day. Thanks, brother. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.